Yo, yo, peace and blessings to the world. It's your boy Mike Ford with the Funny But Facts podcast. Stay tuned. I'm pretty sure I got a good episode for y'all. What up, what up? It's your boy Mike Ford. Back for episode two, Funny But Facts podcast. Uh, before I get into the topics this week, I want to say that in the coming weeks, there will be uh, social medias for this podcast. On all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, whatever. It's gonna be it's gonna be on all platforms. I promise. Uh, there you can listen to the latest episodes. You know, get the links for the latest episode. Uh, leave your comments, your your requests, your your opinions on the podcast. What I what I should do different. What I what you like that I do. Whatever. In due time, we're gonna get there. I promise you, though. So for now, just keep looking on my personal accounts and everything, and you'll find all the podcast information there. So let's get into it this week. All right, first topic. I kind of don't want to dwell on the R. Kelly thing too much because, again, it's two weeks old. We're already almost out of this month, and it kind of makes no sense for me to really dwell on it too much because I said what I I said what I had to say in the first episode. But I what I will say is what I will comment on and and speak about real fast is one one specific person, be, only because. His comments that he made have been kind of, I'm not going to say outlandish, but it was one of those things where it was like, where it's like, why now? And if you don't know, I'm talking about Dame Dash. Um, he, he, if you didn't know, if you don't know about Dame Dash, Rockefeller co-founder, him and Jay-Z founded Rockefeller together. He was more of the business. Jay-Z was the music and everything. You feel me? But also with that, he was pretty much Aliyah's, you know, fiance. Like they were, they they were planning on getting married before the tragedy that happened with Aliyah and the Muhammad's. We, I I didn't know that until the um that little trash ass biopic that Lifetime put out. You feel me? That we never gonna speak about again because that shit was horrible. You feel me? Like. I feel like everybody who was a part of that movie should be shot <laughs> three times in the fucking shoulder blade or something because that shit was an atrocity. But neither here nor there. But yeah, so Dame, of all, all of a sudden, fucking 17 years after Aaliyah's death, decides that he wants to speak out on Aaliyah's behalf and say and talk about how. She couldn't speak about what R. Kelly did to her and, and never, it was always one of those topics where if brought up, she would just like leave it alone. And and granted, he could be right. He could be 100% right. He could be, especially because he was Aliyah's fiance. You feel me? If he wasn't Aliyah's fiance, what he would have said would have just been one ear out the other. But I, I actually listened to what he said. It's just the fact that I feel it's 17 years too late, bruh. Like, you, you've you had multiple interactions with R. Kelly since then. 
and all of a sudden now you want to speak about him and Ali's relationship. My whole thing about it is you should have just let it alone. You should have, you should have just let this surviving R. Kelly documentary come out, let it run its course, say what it has to, you know, let the people say what they have to say, and just flew under the radar with it because how I see it is you're clout chasing now. You feel me? You wanna, you want, you want people to listen to you. You want people to hear what you have to say, and it's like, like I said, bro. 17 years too late Jay-Z and R. Kelly did a whole album And had a whole tour together You ate off of of that Jay-Z and R. Kelly album So for you to sit here and say That R. Kelly is this and that And you and Jay-Z aren't built the same because of it Let's me know that Yo, you're just saying anything that the people want to hear you feel me? You're not you're not being real with yourself. You just saying what the people want to hear, and to me, that's clout chasing. That's that's some real life sucker shit. And for for him to be a old school New York nigga, that was a sucker move. Od, uh, Od sucker move. And shout out to Memphis Bleak for for coming out and saying what he said when he because he was like how Dame is pretty much lying when he was saying. That R. Kelly, I mean, excuse me, that he wasn't around R. Kelly and all of them during the best of both worlds days, which is a lie because it's documented. Like, I'm, I think there's a, a best of both worlds video, like the music video, and you can see Dame inside of the footage. So we all know Dame ate off of those checks, was on tour with them. We, so regardless of whatever you feel you want to say about jay-z and r kelly during that situation during that time you were there and you lived through it don't come out 17 years later after a whole three weekend six-part documentary series about r kelly does now speak your piece because you wasn't speaking your piece in 2004 when jay-z and r kelly were working together so i don't want to hear from you now so that's enough of that the dame dash topic that's all i had to say about it but it's not it's not the end of the R. Kelly topic because now, what, I think, I believe a couple of days ago, this podcast is being recorded on a Tuesday morning, so about maybe Saturday evening. Saturday evening, uh, there was a story that came out with about Erica Badu saying how she she isn't sending negativity towards R. Kelly and she's only doing things in a positive manner. And to me, excuse me, and to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, okay, yeah, R. Kelly did some very heinous things. Or, excuse me, is accused of doing some very heinous things. But why is it, why is it bad for Erica Badu or any other celebrity for that matter or any other human being for that matter to be like I'm gonna send some positivity your way because even though you did some fucked up shit you need all the positivity you can get you feel me like everybody cares about everybody cares about mental health and all of this this that and the third but when somebody wants to send positivity towards somebody it is a bad thing and on top of that you you're mad I think people are, are upset because they know there's nothing that can be done about the R. Kelly situation. So, 
Now all you can do is just be mad about it. But at the end of the day, is that going to stop R. Kelly's money? No. Is it? Is it? Is does does it? Is it wrong for other people to want to send positivity his way? No. Because at the end of the day, nigga, we ain't God. <laughs> we can't judge that man. Everybody got skeletons in the closets. Some people's skeletons are just bigger than others. You feel me? Some people's skeletons are more dirty than others. Some people just have more skeletons in their closet. Is is no difference. You feel me? Everybody has dirt. It's just about how much dirt everybody has. So send when you send positivity towards somebody. That doesn't mean you're you're acknowledging or accepting what they did. That just means you're acknowledging that, man. Look, you in a you. There's a lot of there's a dark cloud over you right now. So I'm trying to send a little sunshine your way. Hopefully that dark cloud will move out. You feel me? So if how I see it is, if you're if you're gonna cancel the people who are genuinely good-hearted people and don't want to see nothing hap- bad happen to anybody. You are a fucked up individual because no matter how much anger you may have, how outraged you may feel, it's all coming from a fake place. Because like I said, two months ago, you wasn't thinking about this. Three months ago, you wasn't thinking about this. Four months ago, you wasn't thinking about this shit. Nigga, two years ago, y'all wasn't thinking about this. Now, all of a sudden, Lifetime puts on a three day docuseries and that's all the fuck anybody can talk about. I'm over it. At the end of the day, if if somebody comes out and I see actual documented, documented, written, fucking reports saying that R. Kelly has sex cults, he's starving these women, he's he's doing all everything he's accused of. I'm still going to be a fan of the music. I don't care. You can you can hate me. You can crucify me. You can call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. At the end of the day. I'm still a child of God, nigga. He know my spirit. I don't give a fuck about what anybody's opinions of me is. My spirit is my spirit. If I know for a fact that I would never hurt a woman when it, at all physically, because I can't say I won't emotionally hurt a woman. Everybody, at some point in life, people are going to be emotionally hurt. But physically, I will never hurt a woman physically. Never. Never. I'll... I'll and even me saying emotionally hurt, I'm going to try my damnedest never to emotionally hurt a woman. Never hurt a woman physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, none of that. You feel me? So, that's that's all I have to say on R. Kelly. I will not speak about that topic anymore. Because I, because I feel like me speaking on the topic only does no... Does no good it only it only does negative and we gotta we gotta stop living with negativity in this day and age bro because that's why this country is the way it is that's why we have the president we have because this country is negative everything we do is a negative is a negative thing we have to stop being negative let's live with positivity that's it no more r kelly all positive vibes from here on let's get back to it so in light of trying to be more positive feel like I'm going right back to negativity <laughs> when I when I think about this next topic. But um so yeah, it was championship Sunday over the weekend and to anybody who's been living under under a rock, championship Sunday meaning NFC championship, AFC championship for the NFL. Now, 
granted, there's been a lot of, I don't want to say backlash, but there's been a lot of pushback for the NFL this year because, you know, Colin Kaepernick and everything. But but aside from the Kaepernick situation, for me, when it comes to football and the NFL, it's it's a it's a serious love hate relationship. Like when I say love hate, I really mean like I love and hate that fucking league, <laughs> like so much. Like oh man, it's not even funny how much I love and hate that league simultaneously. But this weekend really showed me that the NFL, as far as it as it has come still needs a whole lot of work done because I don't understand how you can tell me two very crucial and important games in the NFL season can have some of the worst officiating I have ever fucking seen in my life. Like, the worst. There was... was blown calls there was calls where it was like what the fuck was the ref looking at there was it it was just so much terrible things going on inside of these two championship games that I'm surprised they were as close as they were so let's break it down now first game we're going to talk about I feel like I'm 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 not going to talk about the nfc game just yet because there was a lot in that game to debunk so i'm gonna start off and talk about the afc game now afc game new england patriots versus the kansas city chiefs final score of that was new england 37 kansas city 31 new england and tom Tom brady and new england patriots are going to their eighth no their fifth consecutive tom brady's ninth in his career now First and foremost, I want to say congratulations to the New England Patriots because if we if you was paying attention throughout the entire season, you know that the New England Patriots have had a bumpy road to get to going to their fifth consecutive Super Bowl. Now, granted, I'm not a personal Patriot liker. You feel me? I don't want to say I dislike the Patriots. I don't want to say I hate the Patriots. I just have my reservations about that team. I feel like I feel like the NFL is boring now. Essentially, I feel how everybody felt seeing LeBron James in the finals for the past eight years. You feel me? The and then I feel how everybody felt knowing that for the past four years. It was fucking Golden State and Cleveland. You feel me? When I, whenever I see either one team or games like that, or, or situa- excuse me, situations like that, where it's the same teams going to the championship every single year, it makes me lose all type of all type of thrill inside of watching football. Because because no matter how many football games you watch, every Sunday there's a thrill in watching football. Because you 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 know you're going to see something 
that Sunday that you haven't seen last Sunday or the Sunday before that or even the season before that. So to to the to the I don't want to say theory to the to the appeal of the Patriots, I understand because a hell of a team. Bill Belichick is probably hands down the best coach of all time. Period. The one of the greatest defensive minded coaches because no matter what Kansas City did, even when Kansas City wound up taking the lead toward the end of the game, Bill Belichick did not rattle. Even when Brady threw the interception, none that team did not back down from the obstacle that was ahead of them and they came oh they overcame won that game. As a football fan, I will oh I will give credit where credit is due and I will say and I will and I will simply say that the New England Patriots are going to the Super Bowl because they were the better team that get that day. Because when Kansas City had the opportunity to clinch the game or at least put the game in a unreachable position they didn't now some people could look at that and say well it's because Patrick Mahomes isn't as as experienced as Tom Brady and you will be 100% right but don't take away from that boy Patrick Mahomes talent because that man had a hell of a fucking season a hell of a season a season that I I haven't seen from a, a quarterback in ages that that man Patrick Mahomes Mark my words, he's going to be better than Tom Brady one day. And for him to be only in his second year in the NFL, that's me saying a lot. But now, my issues with the game. Okay? It was fourth quarter, about five minutes left in the game. Uh, Brady drops back for a pass. And Derek Ford linebacker from Kansas City Chiefs what went in on a rush and he, and he didn't he didn't fully reach Tom Brady but his hand came across Tom Brady's face mask and shoulder in a way where it looked like he might have swiped at the face mask of Tom Brady now in the NFL anything above the head and anything in the head and neck area on the quarterback is a legal ground you cannot touch that area it will get flagged all the time but this time it shouldn't have been simply because there was no type of real contact on Tom Brady if anything if you look at the play it looks like Ford barely touched his shoulder pad but being that the referees are fucking retarded, and and I I don't like using that word a lot. The NF the the fucking referees threw a flag for roughing the passer. Excuse me, like was was I like you see I can understand. For, for, let me let me say this first and foremost. I know what those refs have to have to go through. I understand what those refs have to go through because when you're on the field of 22 men who are who are the strongest, fastest, and most athletic men in the world at their sport, 
running around at full fucking speed. You have to be you have to be able to not only be able to spot a foul, but be able to be to react right away. So to that, I understand why the ref flagged it. But should he have flagged it? No. Because I feel like you can't just go based off of head movement or hand swipe or or movement of, of somebody's shoulder or anything. You can't just go off that. You have to have definitive proof that somebody committed the foul. You have to have definitive proof before you throw that flag. Because if you don't if you throw that flag on something that doesn't look that when when you see excuse me when you see a replay wasn't a a penalty now you're you're ruining that game you're ruining the outcome of that game especially when it's moments like that in the fourth quarter in in that crucial window in the, in uh, in the NFL crucial win the crucial window is 5 minutes the 5 minute mark of pretty much the second half it, Either the third quarter or the fourth quarter, regardless, depending on how the score is. But especially in the fourth quarter, that is a crucial window window for any team that's either trailing or or in the lead by a little bit. People people need to understand that that these men go out there and they bust their ass to be in the best physical shape. Most of them play hurt. Just for them to just to have their dream taken away because of bad officiating, and that that shit is what I feel needs to stop. You feel me? Like it, it really has to stop because when because especially where where they throw these flags at the 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 blown call for the Patriots Chiefs game happened. Like I said, in the fourth quarter. Now, if it was the first, first through third, that little rough in the passer thing wouldn't have been. It would have just been a blip. It would just been a bad call, which happens all the time. So I understand a bad call. That that's what that would have been. But it's a difference between a bad call and a blown call. And a couple of those calls were just completely blown. It would they they were blown moments in the game, that. That completely changed the outcome and the trajectory of it. But, needless to say, that game still went to overtime. Now, here's my issue with the overtime rules. The overtime rules need to change because I get that overtime is is, is sudden death. And I get that overtime is is adding more to a player's body. It does more to a player's body. So you you would want to keep the game as short as possible in overtime, but the sudden death rule has to has to go. It, the whole the, the whole purpose of overtime is to see whether or not give give excuse me, not see to give these teams one last chance to score. Now, I like the fact that they they do it where if you kick a field goal, then you give the other team an opportunity to go down the score, and then you and then in turn it gives that the uh, the 
the team who scored the field goal another opportunity to go down and try to score again. And if they don't score, whoever's in the lead at the end of that, that's the winner. Or if there's another overtime, then they play again until there's a definitive winner, especially in in AFC, NFC championship play. But when you say, but the part of the rule that I don't like is the first team to score wins. So that's essentially a 50-50 option because if the coin toss is 50-50, heads or tails, whoever wins that coin toss, all they have to do is score a touchdown, game is over. How is that sudden death? I didn't even get a chance to go out and, to go out and try to score. Give me four downs to attempt a score. If I don't score in on four in four downs, or you know repeated repeated chances of four downs, then the game is over. I I should I as a team or a head coach or a quarterback or whatever should be able to go down the field and have the opportunity to score, even if. The other team scored a touchdown. It's only fair. That sudden death. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because in, in hockey, in hockey uh, shootouts, they don't. They don't say the first person to get a uh, a puck in the net wins. No, it's literally a shootout. We go. We're gonna go back and forth until until whoever has the most points out of the amount of opportunities we give. The NFL should be the same way. If if I if New England had a chance to go down and score a touchdown, Kansas City should have had a chance to go down and try to score a touchdown. That that's only fair. That's how sudden death should work. That's how overtime should work. That's why the older NFL rules were better than these newer NFL rules because they were simple. It it was what it was. There wasn't no it wasn't no section sub article. Post. It wasn't none of that shit. It was what it was. It wasn't. It wasn't rule section article. It was rule. That's it. You feel me? Rule. You can't drop the ball. <laughs> rule. If a ball, if you, if the ball touches the ground while you're in, while while you have hands around it, it's not a catch. Because a couple of those calls that led to that overtime were just that. Chris Hogan. He had a ball. He had a he had a a catch where the ball was seamless. The nose of the ball was seamlessly touching the floor, and they ruled it a catch because he had he had controlling possession. But in 2015, you this very kind of essentially the same catch, except you know Des Bryant had his hands around around the ball in a way where his hands was under it, but it was still enough for the nose of it to touch the ground. And you ruled that a no catch. The reason why the the NFL catch rule has been changed every year since 2015. The referees don't even know what a catch is in today's NFL, but yet they can deem, but they're the ones who can deem what is and isn't a catch. And you, you see why... I say the NFL has a lot. The NFL's officiating has a lot of work to do. The, the NFL is a fine oil machine. Has to be. It's a billion dollar business. The officiating has to get better. You, if you're if you're going to apply or train or whatever to be an NFL officiating officiator, 
referee, excuse me, you should be going through some rigorous courses. There should be training classes. It should be situational drills. This it should be a whole bunch of things to go to go to be an NFL referee, especially because in moments like this, these are some of the most crucial calls that you have to be very vigilant very vigilant of because that because that throwing that flag can can change the outcome of a game case in point the next championship game well it's really the first but the next championship game I'm going to talk about NFC game Los Angeles Rams New Orleans Saints now the outcome of that game Los Angeles won 26 to 23. Now, this is where I seriously, seriously, this is where the hate for the NFL comes in and, and why I hate the NFL officiating and why I will constantly, constantly, constantly bash NFL officiating because. Because they don't, I hate it when they blow a call and then come out the next day and say, we know we messed up. That doesn't do anything for me as a football player. All those guys in that locker room, the 53 men in that NFL locker room, even if I've never played a down of professional football in my life, I know what all 53 of those men in that New Orleans Saints locker room is feeling right now. All 53 men on that New Orleans Saints team, I know exactly how they're feeling. They're feeling like they're feeling like the the world, not the rug, the fucking world has been pulled from under their feet. Because they were literally, literally less than a minute from going to the Super Bowl. That if that if the referee if, excuse me, the two referees, because because reports came out, there was two referees in the area who who could have thrown a flag. Which and which, when I come to think about it, you're right, because it's always the back ref and then the sideline ref. So there's two referees that could have made that call on that pass interference, and neither one of them threw the flag. Now, if we don't know the pass interference I'm talking about, Tommy Lee Lewis ran a a simple route to the sideline. And before he can even, the ball could even reach 10 feet in front of him, LaMarcus Joyner, defensive back for the Rams, had his shoulder pads all in his chest. The ball ball couldn't even reach the receiver before that tackle was made. And if you know football, even a person who doesn't know football, will look at you and say, can look and see something should have happened there. That shouldn't have been allowed. But the people who we pay to make those decisions and make those calls, not well, not we, but you know, the people who are paid to make those decisions and make those calls seamlessly were nowhere to be found at that fucking moment. The moment where they're needed the most, they were nowhere to be found. And then and then for for the NFL to come out Today, basically, the next day, excuse me, and say, we know, we, we understand where we messed up. And that What does that do? 
Because at the end of the day, it's still the Los Angeles Rams who's going to Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. I don't I don't understand how acknowledgement of your fuck up does anything for me, bruh. <laughs> like, like that's like that's like that's like you catching you catching somebody doing something they not supposed to be doing and them looking at you like I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. But mind your business. Fuck you mean mind my business, nigga. You ain't supposed to be doing that. All I'm saying is if the ref this is this is how that situation plays out. The ref throws the flag. They get the ball half a distance to the goal line. It would have been first and it would have been first and goal. Or no, it would, they would have got the ball on the spot of the foul, which would have been inside the 10-yard line, so it would have been first and goal. All Drew would have had to do was put on put three simple handoffs cuz you got you had two of the best backs in the league and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, you give two simple handoffs, two or three simple handoffs. One of them, with within that that range of where they were, you were scoring. You either you were scoring a touchdown or you were getting a field goal. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You were scoring some sort of way to put the game out of reach, with with probably fifteen seconds left to go. And yeah, you can you can throw a desperate hail mary pass to try to get a touchdown, but. The likelihood of that happening is literally less than ten percent. Is it? It won't happen. It's literally less than ten percent. Now, does that does, is is that me saying that if that call would have happened definitively, that the Rams would have lost? I can't say that because just like I said, anything is possible. Just because the possibility of getting a hail mary is less than ten percent. Nigga, that means there's still a percentage. <laughs> you feel me? There's still a percentage there. So anything could have happened. But the likelihood of it happening, it, it, it was kind of slim to none because the Saints would have just simply ran that clock down as much as they could. Like I said, it was literally about a minute and a half, a minute 48, one of those, when, the, when that blown call happened. If they if they get the flag, they run the clock down. They like I said, they they do three couple plays. They run the clock down to the play. I mean, the game clock down to at least fifteen twenty seconds before score. Fifteen to twenty seconds before before they score, and then you have to kick it off back to the Rams for for Jared Goff to do a last ditch effort and throwing the ball down the field. To which they could have they could have got it. Because the Rams do have decent receivers. But at the end of the day, the NFL the NFL has lost credibility. The NFL has lost a tremendous amount of credibility because they their the officiating is terrible. It, the officiating is terrible. The the integrity of the NFL in my opinion, is is f- fully shot now. Like there, there is no integrity inside that league because, especially, especially if Roger Goodell doesn't come out himself and make a statement on on the officiating. If if Roger Goodell, let me say this: there's a a rule in the NFL rule book. 
that allows the commissioner of the league to either A, overturn the game, overturn the game and let them replay from the 148 minute mark when the when the call should have been blown to let them play it out to for the for that and and then let that be the final outcome or B he simply just overturns the outcome and gives the Saints the W or I think there's a there's a there's a third there's a third option so C would be for them to completely play the whole game over but that would be kind of dumb to have them play a whole entire game over or even a whole fourth quarter over even even having them play a minute 48 over is dumb having 53 53 men on each team so 106 men plus staff plus coaching you hear me all come in to play less than 2 minutes of football it's it's dumb if Roger Goodell cared about the integrity of his league he would simply go he would simply have an expert somebody who can who can break down percentages and what is the likelihood of XYZ happening? What is the likelihood of this play being called? What is the likelihood of this play being successful? Have that have an expert at it, a couple of experts, not just one, a couple of experts in it who who from a who from a couple of different fields and who don't have anything to do with the NFL, have them come in, sit down, break down break down the the statistics of the play calls that each team runs and come out and come with a final outcome for the game. Even if the final outcome is still the Rams winning by two, one one to three points, so be it. At least we know we have a definitive outcome of what would have happened after that blown call. If Roger Goodell does not come out and even address this officiating before the Pro Bowl this weekend, the NFL integrity is the NFL's integrity is shot. It is completely done. There's nothing that the NFL can do to come back from the this these two championship games, especially that NFC championship game. Especially because there's no way in the world that you can tell me that you're going to sit here and and not and not address what happened in your league. Like this, this it's impossible. I'm, I'm trying to get the statement from the New Orleans Saints owner because I because she said something that was very profound, and I feel like it should be reiterated. I'm trying to find the exact part. But okay, um, here it is right here. She said, no team should ever be denied the opportunity to reach the title game or simply win a game based on the actions or or inactions of those charged with creating a fair and equitable playing field. As is clear to all who watch the game, it is undeniable that our team and fans were unfairly deprived of that opportunity yesterday. She's a hundred percent right. The New Orleans Saints, the fan, the fans, the city of New Orleans has been robbed of their second of their second opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees has been robbed 
of his second opportunity to be a Super Bowl champion. Sean Payton has been robbed of his second opportunity to be a Super Bowl winning coach. That The city of New Orleans has been robbed of its second Super Bowl championship. All because of terrible officiating. And is and and then and because I'm one of those people who always who always blame the ref and I don't care what anybody feels, I am on the side of saying the NFL officiating is a hundred percent terrible. It is terrible. And this is this is why most people believe that the NFL is rigged. It they they're gonna they're gonna put in whoever they wanna put in. And it's like lo and behold you got one of the NFLs. Now, granted, I think I thought it was going to be Rams Chiefs again because that was the highest rated game of the season. You feel me? 106 points between the two teams. You don't see that often. You don't see that at all actually. Like especially in this in this day and age of football where the the players are getting better and the game is getting faster. You know, like you don't you don't see high scoring games like that. So I thought for the for the sake of ratings, I thought the NFL was gonna mysteriously make Chiefs Rams part two, but the Super Bowl, you know, like but to see is is Tom Brady and the Rams again, it's it's kind of like now it gets to the point where it's like it's a formula. As long as Tom Brady's in the league, he's going to the Super Bowl. Until Tom Brady's going, just we're just going to expect to see Tom Brady in the league, and that's why I believe the NFL is rigged to a extent, to a certain extent. You feel me? You how I look at it is the Rams. It was it was it was inevitably become going to come down between the Rams or the Saints. It was that was inevitable. It was going to be either one of those two teams. But me being me being the type of person who just loves football, I was like, all right, maybe this year we're going to see something that we ain't never seen before. We're going to see the Saints and the Chiefs playing Super Bowl 53, and that's going to be a hell of a game. You feel me? It's going to be a hell of a game. We're going to have two high, high-powered offenses, two, two great defenses, and then two great head coaches. That would have been an amazing Super Bowl. Beautiful. There would have been nothing wrong with that Super Bowl. But the fact that it's Tom Brady again, it really kind of makes me be like, you know what? NFL has to be rigged. I know who's going to win. <laughs> I know who's going to win on, on February 3rd. I don't even want to watch it at this point. Honestly, I'm more excited for the Pro Bowl than I am for the Super Bowl. And that's that's just me being honest. If if people didn't people didn't know me as the football guy, I seriously probably wouldn't watch the Super Bowl on February 3rd. I seriously wouldn't. I would I would glance back and forth, probably check it, you know, watch a couple minutes here and there. But I wouldn't I probably wouldn't watch the game. Because again, like I said, I'm tired of seeing the Patriots. I'm seriously tired of seeing the Patriots in it because it gets to the point where you know who's going to win the game, regardless. He, Tom Brady is, is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times. I don't, I don't want to give him the goat because, again, he's playing in a league where everything is designed to make the quarterback's life easier. So how I see it, you're, you're not really the goat. 
but you are one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. How a a goat is somebody who 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 actually is playing the game the way the game game should be played and not letting the rules be his savior. Like Brett like somebody like Brett Favre is the goat. Because Brett Favre played in a time where it was open game on the fucking quarterback. Brett Favre, if you've ever if you've never watched a football game in your life, my suggestion to you is to go and watch the NFC Championship game of 2006. Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints. You want to see a you want to see a great quarterback? Watch Brett Favre that entire game. It's old news, nigga. We all know who won that game because nigga New Orleans went on New Orleans went on to win the Super Bowl. But if you want to see a great quarterback, if you want to see a um, an amazing football player, watch that Minnesota Vikings team and watch Brett Favre. Watch what Brett Favre's do that entire game. Watch how beat up he gets that entire game. And when I say beat up, I mean there was a couple times in the game where you didn't know if he even knew who he was. When you see a lot of those hits that he took, you wasn't even sure if that 40-something-year-old man was going to get up. There was a couple moments where he would lay, where his face, he would be face down on the turf. And, and, even, and even 13 years later watching that game, I still hold my breath like, get up, Brett. Get up. Brett Favre, in my opinion, is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care if you if he only has one Super Bowl ring. I don't care if I don't care if he's only been to the Super Bowl once in his career, twice maybe. I don't I don't care about none of that. Because how I see it is Brett Favre played the quarterback position the way the quarterback position should be played. He took the hits, he took the licks, he made the throws. That's how the quarterback position should be played. Not somebody who gets rules made in his honor, basically. So we can we can talk about how great Tom Brady is all we want, how he's the GOAT all we all he, all that. We can do that. But something that I've been saying for the last five plus years is can Tom Brady win in any other system other than New England with any other coach? And my answer is no. <laughs> no, he can't. Because the New England Patriots system is designed for Tom Brady. The the speed of the offense, the play call, the quickness of how how he gets the ball out of his hands, the the design runs, the blocking schemes, everything is designed for Tom Brady. Is he uh, is he going to go to another system where where let's say they have a they have the best running back in the league? Can he go to L.A.? Well, that's different. Sean McVay is a is a fucking coaching guru. Sean McVay is a hell of a coach, and to to that extent, is probably the only reason why I would watch the Super Bowl because I want to see what Tom, what, excuse me, what Sean McVay is going to pull out. What he, what rabbit is he going to pull out of his hat next? Because his his play calling is amazing. But to I'm I'm you know I'm diverting a little bit. If if you put Tom Brady in in a system where they don't really have a run game, 
their passing their pass attack is subpar at best. He wouldn't be this quarterback he is now. You put Tom Brady if you put Tom Brady somewhere like Cleveland, even though they've won a little bit this year, they they've had some success this season. You put Tom Brady in that system. Then again, I can't even say that. Put Tom Brady in the Cleveland Brown system four or five years ago. Where it was where Hugh Jackson was at the helm, but they were just completely trash. You feel me? Put Tom Brady in that system then. Guarantee you they there's nothing there's nothing Tom Brady would have done with that team. Because why? Because it's the system. It's not the it's not the players. Because Nigga, if you make it to the professional league in your sport, you obviously are a good player. No, There is not one trash player in the NFL. Are there players who aren't as good as some players? That's Nigga, that's sports. <laughs> Everybody's not good at everything. But at the same time, that Cleveland Browns team was just terrible. It was the players. It was the system. It was the coaching. It was Everything was wrong with that Brown system. If you if you implemented Tom Brady into that system, can they win? No, they couldn't. So for people to give Tom Brady this goat tag, I think we need to stop counting rings and start looking at everything. Let's look at the whole Tom Brady career. And I will always stay. I will stick to this, and I say it all the time. Tom Brady has five rings. Three of them thanks to Adam Vinatieri. One of them thanks to Malcolm Butler. And the, la- and the last ring he has is the one he earned. So if you want to give him five rings for being behind one of the greatest kickers. Or for being behind the greatest kicker of all time three times. And, uh, and a freak interception that should have never happened. <laughs> then by all means. We need to give a lot of motherfuckers GOAT titles. Because nigga last I checked. A GOAT is somebody who earns, who earned their championships, who earned their respect. And Tom Brady hasn't earned any any of that but one. But one. Some people will argue, well, he has to get Vinatieri in the, in the field goal range, right? I mean, shit, Vinatieri look like he can, he'll hit from 60 easily. He can hit from 61 in his sleep. So, and then uh, most of those kicks were from 50 plus and had enough distance to cover. So don't, I don't want to hear you got to, Tom Brady had to drive him down the field. Is that the third? Because let's look at it like this. If they, if the ball's kicked into the end zone, that means it's automatically on the 20 yard line. All you need to get Adam Vinatieri is a little over the 50 yard line. So, Technically, all you needed was 30 yards. So I'm supposed to praise Tom Brady for 30 yards. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who who excuse me. There's a lot of Super Bowl winning teams that have had great quarterbacking, have had great coaching. For me to just simply say Tom Brady's the goat, I can't. I won't. <laughs> I won't. And people who who are saying that are, are obviously people who 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 don't pay attention to the history of football. They only know they only know about the present day football. 
and I'm not that person. I like I like the history of the shit that I like. I love the history of football. I love the history of hip hop. I love the his the history of movies, because without learning the history, nigga, you can't understand where things come from. You feel me? Where where no not come from, but you can't understand where where excuse me why the 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 place or the the league or the the movie industry or what or the, you know the industry is where it is now and you have to respect the history of stuff that's it now that being said to sum up everything that I've said is is this NFL officiating has to get better because now not only are you ruining the integrity of the game but you're also ruining the 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 excitement of the Super Bowl. You feel me? Like the Super Bowl is the biggest Sunday in sports. Period. There's no Sunday bigger what that one day is bigger than the entire NFL excuse me, the entire NBA um playoffs. Not not just the finals, the entire NBA playoffs. The entire MLB playoffs. Is is the that one Sunday is the is the biggest sporting day in sports. Period. Everybody across the world is watching the Super Bowl. That's probably the only league where when you say are world champions, it's actually kind of fucking true because not every corner of this world is playing football. Somewhere somewhere in every corner of this world people are playing basketball. People are playing baseball. So when you hear world champions, it's kind of a stretch. But football is the only sport where if they say world champion, they are definitively meaning world champion. They are the world champions. And the officiating this year really kind of ruined the excitement of Super Bowl Sunday. I know I said that I might not watch it, but I know me. I am going to watch the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to be watching the Super Bowl. Wow, what makes you think I'm not going to be watching the Super Bowl? Like, but it it takes away it takes away from the excitement. Now, now going to watch the Super Bowl, I'm not watching it as an excited football fan. I'm watching it as somebody who who's watching it just in hopes to see the Patriots lose. That's it. And then you know, Sean McVay used to be on my favorite team's coaching staff, so. I want to see that boy get a ring. <laughs> if 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 my if if my my skins ain't gonna be able to even fucking get to the playoffs, at least somebody who was who was on the skin staff is is there and is gonna do something. So, with that being said, let's go Rams. I hope Coach McVay blows a mud hole in the fucking Patriots defense. <laughs> And you've listened to another episode of the Funny But Facts podcast. I'll holla at y'all next week.